Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kim. Routes 11 and 15 in beautiful downtown Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Penguins and the Preds. They're tied 1-1 early in the third period. Mike Lang picks it up. And here come the Penguins into the zone. And Russ with a shot save. A rebound score. It's Gensel again on the rebound. And Jake Gensel gives Pittsburgh the lead. 2-1. Teach a fake a six. It's Gensel with his second. The legendary Hall of Famer Mike Lang with the call on the Penguins radio network. They lead the series two games to none, and Jake Gensel has been on a roll in the playoffs. The rookie now with 12 postseason goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs, second only to Dino Cicerelli of the then Minnesota North Stars for playoff scoring by a rookie. I won't put the pens in front to stay. They won it four to one. Game three is in Nashville Saturday night. All right, coaches versus cancer golf tournament taking place here tomorrow. Among those uh, playing will be Tim Frazier of the New Orleans Pelicans of the NBA. John Crispin has carved out a really nice broadcasting career. Westwood One, Fox Sports, BTN. A lot of titles for John Crispin, and we welcome you, John. Great to have you back on the show. You know, I, I just got a new title this past week, too. Oh, good. This new title is probably the most important one. I'm, I'm officially a husband as well. Whoa. So I am dragging Whoa. my, my, my new wife, Morgan. And I shouldn't say new wife because that sounds like I've had a few in the past. <laughs> and she's like a, to- a new toy I got. So yes, I'm bringing my new wife, Morgan, up, but I, I'm a husband as well. So that, that's probably the most important one, right? That, that easily is the most important one. Uh, at the same time, if she's going to the reception tonight or tomorrow night, are there certain people you want to keep her away from because they might talk about about your past? Oh, are you are you kidding me? I mean, that's that's why I'm not on Facebook. A lot of <laughs> well, he's in a car right now, so every once in a while, the phone, the cell phone's going to drop out. Uh-oh. There we go. Can you still yep, hear I got me? you. I got, you got you. me. All no, right. I, I was talking. Uh, Facebook is one of those things that a lot of people have to connect with their past. I don't have it because I think I'm still running from some of mine. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. But she's already got a ring on her finger. She said I do, so there's no turning back now. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, let's get, I, I want to get to a, a couple of items, first of all. I, uh, we had Joe on the show the other day and uh, talking with your brother. And college basketball is always looking at ways to, quote, improve itself. And obviously, improvement means something that's near and dear to your heart, and that means more offense. Have they done enough to put more offense in the game in the past year? 
Well, I think they're trying, but they're not really using basketball people to make those changes. They're using officials and almost, and I don't want to really put them in a bad line, almost bureaucrats to come up with an idea to make the game better. I think from a basketball perspective, you got to create more rhythm and flow. you got to create opportunities for teams to be able to get up and down the floor. We, we talk about less time on the shot clock and, and other things like that. Well, I think take timeouts away. And, you know, go, go, to a, uh, go to four quarters. You know, with five minutes between breaks, you're allowed to find ri- – you're able to find rhythm and flow within the game. And I think it's something that the men's game has to go to. Uh, the freedom of movement is one thing. That's great. But I also think officials need to be empowered to make calls that let certain things go. So, in a way, there's freedom of contact. It's, it is a contact sport. And sometimes the less whistles – the better the flow of the game is, the better the rhythm of the game is, and I think it'll actually increase scoring. So I think you've got to find that balance that, yes, takes hand-checking out of the game, but allows some incidental contact because sometimes the whistle's being blown and it's hurting the offense more so than it's helping the offense, even if the foul's being called against the defense because it just takes the, the flow out of the game. John, men's basketball, men's college basketball is the only level where halves are still played. Every other level, whether it's FIBA, high school, women's basketball, the NBA, all play quarters. What makes quarters a an effective way to play the game and a better way to play the game, in your opinion? Well, it goes right back to what I was talking about, the rhythm and the flow. You've got five minutes in between breaks, and I think it allows teams to find that rhythm. I think these breaks, I mean, because you think about – if there's no foul within the first five minutes of the game, we're now down to 15 minutes. Now it's down to 14 and a half, and we've got our first timeout. Mm-hmm. And then the 12-minute mark hits, and we got another timeout. I mean, there's too many timeouts. There's too many stoppages. And those stoppages certainly hurt offense. And if you play defense in a way that it helps your offense get up and down the floor, then it hurts your defense as well. So it really affects the game. The problem is, and I don't want to point fingers at anybody in particular, but coaches have a ton of power in the in the men's college game. Coaches dictate what happens, and I think coaches feel as if they're losing certain control, certain control of the game because they have to adapt to new changes. And coaches are the ones that want certain changes to slowly come into the game because then they have to figure out how they're going to change how they coach. I mean, and it, it's not one in particular. It's across the board. It's saying, well, we would have to figure out how to play with quarters. You know, and the other one is the people that pay me. You know, TV. We love the fact, and I don't say we, I shouldn't say we, but the guys that sell advertising space on our networks, they love the fact that there are two halves because there's a stoppage every four, three to four minutes. And then there's a long halftime. So if you went to four quarters, yes, it's going to be one less stoppage per half. But I think it's good for the game. And maybe if you just make one timeout in between quarters a little bit longer, it wouldn't affect the the, the advertising dollars so much. How important has it been in for you that you're allowed to just be you when you're on the air, that there's not a directive, you've got to do X, Y, and Z? How important has that been in your growth, that you've been allowed to, to be yourself and just growing your own well I'll tell you I wish I knew I could do that when I played um, I did it at times but I, I don't think I had the security and the confidence I, I always had confidence but it was a it was a confidence that came with, with a with an attitude that was always something to prove 
I think now more as an adult, and I say more as an adult, I'm not really there yet. <laughs> I, I'd say more as an adult, I see things that I go, look, I am what I am, and I just want to be the best I can be. And there's, there's peace, there's security, and there's confidence and clarity in that. And I think that's all part of growing up. I mean, I think that's where we all would like to get to at some point. And, and I know Joe and I were just talking about this on the drive up. I, I know that 10 years from now, I'm going to look back at me now and go, I, I knew nothing. And I was not even that good. But the, the, the piece I have right now is that, well, regardless of whether I look back and think I was any good or not, I'm still just going to be me. I'm going to do what I think I know best. I'm going to do what I can do best, but I'm not going to try to be anything else because you know, I spent a lot of time in my life trying to emulate or be something I wasn't. And I think many of us do until we find ourselves. And I always struck out and failed. When you just be yourself, when you just do things the best you could do, there is no failure. It's just the journey. And you figure things out along the road. You, you, you don't do well with certain things, and you figure out what you're good at, and that's all part of it. But the failures I've had in my life is when I've tried to emulate, when I've tried to be something else that I'm not. And I think it's great. I love getting to do what I do. I love getting to be around the game and, and still be relevant to be able to come up to events like this and still talk to you. Right. I, still got, I still got your ear, man. <laughs> yeah, you still got well, very much so. Uh, what does it say, though, about the, uh, about the Fox BTN philosophy that, that allows you to do that? Well, I think it's the, it's the connection to the conference that really helps facilitate that. You know, it's, it's Fox and the Big Ten Network. Obviously, you know, the conference owns 49% of the Big Ten Network, right. which I think is something that we can't say enough about. It means the conference says we need to serve, or I say the conference gives the directive down to the network and says, well, our focus is to serve the conference, not just serve ourselves and say things on air that, you know, is basically clickbait. I mean, clickbait is the thing that everyone goes for from other networks, and it is killing the, the quality of, of people and production on air. It is absolute trash. And I think the focus from Fox and the Big Ten Network, which comes down the directive from the conference, is how can we serve this conference better? How can we serve the players, the personnel, the institutions, all the way to the top better? Which means how can we show people what really makes this special? And I think that's, that's great. It gives me confidence because it's a reminder that it's not about me. It's not about the people that I work with. It's about the job that we can do, and I think that's exciting. It's fun, and it, it takes a lot of the pressure away, too. It's an interesting off-season for the conference because uh, Ohio State loses Trevor Thompson, decides to turn pro. All right, That's his decision, but he's, he's done it. Jaquan Lyle. Caleb Swanigan, as expected, kept his name in the draft. Mo Wagner's coming back, but DJ Wilson's leaving. Blackman and Bryan are both leaving Indiana. So, and then a guy like Miles Bridges decides he's going to stay. So, what's the state of this conference in the off season? Well, when you have, I think, I think the state of this conference in the off season is that it's going to be better next year than it was this year, mainly because there's going to be some big boys, and I say big boys meaning there's going to be an elite level team, and that's Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan State is an elite level team. They were last year when you watch them towards the end of the season, and, and Penn State got probably one of the best games they played in the Big Ten tournament. It was it was it was tough. I mean, they they really looked good. Um, you saw a Michigan State team that has all the potential in the world, and they started to understand what it took to be that. 
Now you bring Miles Bridges back, and Miles Bridges is not just a guy who's going to kick his feet up and say, let me go out and get 30 every night. He's going to work. Tom Rizzo loves him because he's a blue-collar, blue-chipper. And I think that changes the conference because you, you put somebody out front, they got there's a rabbit out there this year that everybody else can chase, and, and there's, it's fine. It's Michigan State. I think we all know it. But the rabbit's out there. Now it allows everybody else to have something to chase. I think Purdue's going to be great. I, I don't think anybody realizes how good Purdue's going to be. Purdue's going to be fantastic, but they're still chasing Michigan State. I think Indiana's an absolute card. You're going to see a completely different brand of basketball. And I think Penn State's another one that they could finish anywhere from 10th to 3rd. You just don't know. Right. But there's still that team at the top that you look at and you say, like, when Joe and I were playing, it was Michigan State. Michigan State was that elite-level team that said, if we could get them, we could beat anybody. And I think that's what gives other teams in the conference conference confidence against their any other opponents. And, and it uh, allows you to fight for a spot in the NCAA tournament. The other team that's uh, a real wild card, I think they're going to be fantastic, is Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, they may be one of the top two teams in the conference, and they're going to do it very quietly because they don't even have a home court playing out of Rosemont. Right, yeah, they're going to have to play a year out at Rosemont, and uh, except for Lumpkin, they've got everybody back. So, I mean, that's that's a big plus for them. Uh, talked about Penn State in that answer. Pat will have all five starters back. Uh, in terms of maturity and growth, what can that mean in terms of translating to wins? Because they had all those one possession losses, six one possession losses yeah. last year. Well, I think you look back at the beginning of the season and you see this, the, the phases of this season. The first phase was getting freshmen to understand how hard you had to play if you wanted to win. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just you don't realize it because everybody's a star. Everybody is a star at the high school level that now moves on to the college level. Everyone. So you don't realize what it takes to win at this level. I mean, you really have to play ten times harder than you've ever played before. I know I never played high school defense. I didn't play defense until I got to college. I think these guys learned that, you know, some tough losses, some bad losses. George Mason by 20 points early in the season. That's what it takes to learn how to win. You got to lose a few to learn how to win. And I think they did that early in the season. And as the season progressed, they realized that you have to continue to play as if, you know, it's, we talk about this kind of cliche, but it's play to win, don't play not to lose. Right. You have to play to win for 40 minutes if you want to win in the Big Ten. And again, with a young team, that is a process. It's something that they may not learn until late next season. And if they do and they come together at the right time, they're going to have a lot of success. So you have to continue to play to win, which means keep your foot on the gas, not just on the defensive end, but be aggressive, attack on the offensive end, take the right opportunities, not just take bad opportunities and think that you're being aggressive. You know, that's fool's goal. You know, that's that, that's not going to give, give you wins in the Big Ten. So I think a lot of lessons were learned this year. I hope those things get figured out in the fall because the team has more potential based on talent than uh, Penn State basketball has probably ever had. Finally, uh, you're coming back in for this event. You've been here before. So what does it mean to you to get back into an event like Coaches versus Cancer and the meeting of the uh, the cause? Well, first and foremost, selfishly, I should say that it means a lot to me to be included in this. You know, I didn't graduate from Penn State, and I wish I had. And that's not taking anything away from UCLA. I got my degree from UCLA, but I always felt a connection to this community as if this community state college was home. And looking at the experience my brother had spending four years here and then really graduating here and being a Penn State graduate, 
that has more meaning to me now than it ever had when I was a 19, 20 year old kid. And understandably so. So to be included in this is a special thing. Now to actually be able to speak and uh, to be able to make comments that hopefully are poignant in some way, that's, that's even more. But to see this community and how it's grown and how it supports you know, those who are going through the fight, you know, we had our equipment manager, Mitch Stover, the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, he, he's really gone through it, and he's done great. Yeah, he so to be a part of the cause, uh, when you see how great it's grown throughout the course of the few, past, past few years, but also since Jim Valdano, I mean, how much it's grown, how many people have come together. And you understand it's not just something that is going to be fixed overnight. You're a part of the process. And I think just to be a part of the process is special, and I can't wait to come back and see everybody and see how much this thing has grown year over year. Pat Chambers has done a great job of that. All of us are anxious to meet Morgan, so the two of you be safe on the way in. She's probably sitting there in the passenger seat right now saying, he's still talking? Yes, Morgan Morgan has had to sit through a lot of these radio interviews. She's a real trooper, but Morgan was an IU cheerleader for four years, so she's this is the first time up at State College. Oh, well, good. Well, we'll be uh, thrilled to have her here, and I look forward to seeing her and seeing you tonight. My pleasure, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks. John Crispin, BTN, Fox Sports, and Westwood One. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you on board with us today. Every day it's great to have you on board as we roll on here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks to John Crispin. Joe Crispin, his brother, joined us on Tuesday. Or uh, Excuse me, yeah, on Tuesday. John, of course, today, tomorrow we'll talk hockey. My brother will be on the show tomorrow. And, of course, anything else that comes up along the way. I mean, little did we know that Mr. Met would provide so many... Wonderful moments for us. Incredible. Luckily, they have people in the costume, like on a rotating basis throughout the season. So they do. The, yeah, the, they the depth, yeah. depth chart's only down by one. It's not like they were scrambling. But you know what? <laughs> but the guy, the, the guy from um, ESPN.com, AJ Mass, that was a great write-up. They uh, made a great point, though, that you really do have to really vet who's inside the costume. Now, in minor league baseball. I'm going to assume that Boomer, the mascot of the Williamsport Crosscutters, is one of the interns. Now, I'm going to assume that. Now, Gabe may text me and tell me, no, no, it's not true. 
But I know they rotate interns as to who's inside, like the spike. And, of course, we know it is a student inside the Nittany Line costume. But they go through an incredible process to be the Nittany Lion. And again, the mascot, well, it's a mascot. Yeah, except the mascot uh, shows up at a hospital. Now everybody feels good about the Nittany Lion. They feel great about Penn State. Maybe it makes them feel better for a period of time. Makes the families feel better. They show up at schools. They show up at events. Like tonight, Special Olympics. Nedney Lyon will be out there. Tonight, Coaches versus Cancer. Nedney Lyon will be out there. They're at sporting events. Just they're all over the place. And without saying a word, because mascots don't talk, without saying a word, the amount of goodwill that they spread, spread is incredible. Now, you're going to run into the occasional <clears throat> jerk that wants to play games with the mascot. That's where you got to be the pro and you got to be really cool. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our sports bozos of the day. It's twofold. Whomever it was inside the costume of Mr. Met and whomever provoked him. I realize that the mascot has to remain calm, cool, collected. I got that part. But somebody also provoked it. And uh, they are co-owners of the award today. They remain anonymous on the show because we have no idea. Mr. Met. Which Forbes, by the way, named in 2012 as the number one mascot in sports. (laughs) I'm not so sure there'd be a nomination this year. But again, there's a huge responsibility that goes with it. I mean, it's it's not eh, throw on the suit and out we go. You are literally representing the organization, and you are the goodwill ambassador. That's what the mascot is. All right, so that's what's coming up. That's what we have. And then tomorrow we'll talk hockey. Uh, tonight, of course, is basketball, Golden State and Cleveland, Game 1 in Oakland. And Game 3, Penguins and Nashville will be in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena Saturday night. Then Game 2 between Cleveland and Golden State in the NBA Finals will be Sunday. Now, all the games during the week 
in the NBA Finals are 9 o'clock starts, but Game 2 and, if necessary, Game 7 are Sundays, and they're 8 o'clock games. So there you go. That's how it works. And that will be 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, meanwhile, Major League Baseball today. The Cardinals lead the Dodgers 2-0 in the bottom of the eighth inning. Out in Seattle, Colorado leads the uh, M's 4-1 top of the third. Cleveland beat Oakland today 8-0. Milwaukee down the Mets 2-1. Red Sox and Orioles tonight. Yankees and Toronto tonight. Arizona's at Miami. Minnesota and Anaheim to take on the... L.A. Angels. David Lingmurth leads at the Memorial Golf Tournament in Dublin, Ohio. Jack Nicklaus's tournament. And he has a one-shot lead over Jordan Spieth, Jason Duffner, and Daniel Summerhays. And Mickelson shot a 200 par 70 today, so he is five back, so is Ricky Fowler. So they get you up to date on everything that's going on live right now. Also, uh, one of the great golfers of all time, Roberto DiVincenzo, passed away today. He's 94 years old. And, of course, on uh, he won the 1967 Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. Beat Jack Nicklaus by two shots. He won eight PGA Tour victories. But, of course, he is best known for the scorecard error that occurred in the 1968 Masters. During the final round, he made a birdie three at the par 4 17th hole, and he finished tied with Bob Golby. Tommy Aaron was playing with DiVincenzo and keeping his card and Tommy Aaron mistakenly wrote down a four in the hole. DiVincenzo did not catch the error, signed the scorecard, and meant that he was disqualified. Golby was declared the winner by one shot. DiVincenzo said afterward, he said, what a stupid I am. Everybody says he was a great guy and a great player. It's amazing how, in the end, you know, people talk about, oh, they will always talk about the Masters, always talk about the Masters. He won the British Open, for goodness sakes. Sometimes we spend... Now, I will say this in fairness to this article. I want to be fair about the article that was written about him. It was written by Bob Herrig. Bob Herrig does, in the first sentence, mention the incorrect scorecard. But also does mention, quickly, the British Open Championship. We spent too much time in life... Labeling people's failures 
Roberto DiVincenzo was, and you know, you probably haven't heard of him, but he was a major champion. He won the 1967 British Open. There was an elite group of players that have won majors. I don't care if it's tennis or golf, an elite group. Winning one is special. But we dwell so much on failure all the time. It always bothers me that people can have great accomplishments in their life and their career and because it's just sexier or easier to notice or draw attention to it, we dwell on failure. Well, we need to we need to dwell on accomplishment. We need to, if there happens to be failure, talk about how it made someone stronger, better, so that when someone else goes through crisis or what they perceive personally to be a failure, that they can resurrect themselves and get back. We always talk about those tests of character. What kind of person are you when you're down and out and things aren't going your way? You know, Do you have that inner strength, that fortitude? Do you project confidence? Do you make sure that instead of having instead of taking people and making them feel sorry for you or having or you take them down emotionally because of whatever problem you're having? Are you the kind of person that actually lifts them up? Makes them feel better? While having the guts and fortitude to move ahead and saying, look, I'll take care of this. I'm going to change it. There are a lot of people like that in my life. And then there's the other test of character. What kind of person are you at the highest of highs? Are you still one of the gang? Do you do more charity work? Do you go through life no ego? Or are you insufferable to be around because of your success? And those are the tests of character. Roberto DiVincenzo won the 1967 British Open. He won the 1980 U.S. Senior Open. He won the 1974 PGA Seniors Championship. And what everyone will dwell on will be the scorecard thing. And he's not the one. He made the mistake of looking at the scorecard and going, okay, great, we're going to go to a playoff. But Tommy Aaron's the one that actually put the wrong score down. And I just wish that we would spend a lot more time dwelling and celebrating accomplishment instead of finding the first major fault to make the story look as a drawing drawing card. Look, I know what happened to him. Okay, that happened to him. This guy won two senior champ- major championships, and he won one major championship. I mean, for goodness sakes, the guy was a great player. It's just my opinion. I just think we spend too much time dwelling on negative and not enough time talking about positives. There's so, you know, look, you can learn things from bad twists and turns. 
There's no question about that. But you can also learn a lot from people who are having success. What do they do to get there? How did they get there? What did they overcome to get there? You can learn a lot from both. Just I see this, and I never met the man. I don't know him. He's 94 years old. But the guy had a lot of success. I mean, the number of tournaments he won worldwide, but oh, but the incorrect scorecard in the Masters, first thing that's brought up. Okay, great. I mean, do we thrive too much on hearing about or reading about the negative? Is that what drives things? I know people have told me over the time they think I'm, I might be too positive on things. Well, I don't apologize for that in the least. I could, you know, I could care less. In the end, you got to do something your own way. So the Phillies are off tonight, then back in action tomorrow night. And uh, the Pirates are off today, too. They both played yesterday afternoon. The uh, football players will be out in mass tonight. They'll be a part of the opening ceremonies for Special Olympics at Medler Field, Lebrano Park. And on the other side of town at the golf course, you'll have the basketball contingent out in full force. That's yeah, a great weekend for that. Great, you know, for, for both. It looks like the weather's going to be really nice tomorrow for the tournament, which is great because you're raising, I mean, you're raising money for cancer research. Um, and I think it's just important that, you know, that we all do our part to attempt to help others who need it. And that's the entire purpose of the tournament. There's so many... The the Bob Perks Foundation, the uh, Jamie Bestwick Foundation. You know what's really great about both of them? Is that each one's a foundation where there's no profit made at all, zero, and all the money is distributed to the people who need it. Each foundation does something. For example, say you are having problems. Uh, let's give an example. Uh, husband or wife has cancer, it's really affecting them to the point where getting up and out of a chair is difficult. Now, over the years, for for example, those two foundations have gone out and they've bought lift chairs out of the foundation. And that's what I like about this tournament. So much of the money stays here and goes directly to help people here. And it's like making an actual donation where like you feel like you're taking whatever cash you're donating to this, you're handing it to a person. That's what I've always liked about it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment and wrap it up on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Evidently, I don't think they fired Mr. Met. I think they reassigned him. 
It's like, you know what? I mean, I, you know what's interesting is that you are expected in these jobs to be letter perfect uh, 24-7. And <laughs> whomever it was inside the suit shouldn't have done it. It's wrong. But it's one of those, what, would the whole thing last two seconds? Now, and, and what, you know, why are people filming it? <laughs> We've got these cameras now. We film everything now. Now, they're also convenient. I was looking up uh, online, in fact, on my phone during the break, you know, what the cost of, of an old Spice kid happened to be. What? So I make sure you and I aren't getting ripped off. <laughs> okay, so whomever's inside it is wrong and they're unprofessional. Well, I hope they didn't fire him. I, if they reassigned him to do so, him or her to do something else, fine. But you know, come on. Every time I turn around, every time I don't know about you. Every time I turn around, everybody wants somebody else's head. Have you noticed that? Every time you turn around, something happens. Ah, they had a fire. They had a fire. Just slow down. There are certainly fireable offenses. There's no question about that. Oh, absolutely. Take a look at uh, you know Kathy Griffin, for instance, with the uh, social media post that she had with the uh, you know the chopped head of President Trump. You now she's not only lost her New Year's Eve gig on CNN, but she's losing comedy gigs now left and right here the past couple of days. I guess there's some comedians out there that they feel, okay, I'm a comic. Uh, I have the ability to draw the line. I know the difference between what's offensive and what's funny. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> now, you and I. <laughs> I felt registering for a high school graduation at Bloomingdale's was not <laughs> didn't light me up too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> That's why we came up with the Old Spice idea. I was in. <laughs> A little above what I was thinking about spending anyway, but I'll do it. <laughs> do fitty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got I got a, actually a spray bottle of Old Spice when I did Super Bowl Media Day. It was part of the gift pack. Really? Uh, we okay, could, yeah, probably one of the major sponsors, sure. Yeah, yeah we could re-gift that. But should, someone told me it gets better with age. But just think about it. Just think about the re-gifting thing where you feel like you've done something, but you paid nothing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just, oh, that's a just, real mature scent he has on there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the suit smells like Old Spice. Ah, oh, great. He took the kids' stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Going out selling digital media. And, yeah. It would be a giveaway. You took your kids' Old Spice, didn't you? <laughs> We heard Sean and Steve talking on the air. That was, you know, 
We could add to it. How about that? Sure. That would make you feel better? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you seem uncomfortable with the regifting idea, as brilliant as it is. It is brilliant, though. As brilliant as as it is, I'm telling you. Think about this. You could save your money for other things. Right. Because mine came with a registry and a plea for help. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness gracious. Did yours include a shot put? No. (laughs) (laughs) It did not. (laughs) Look, I knew right away when I got the mail it was from the suit. You want to know why I knew right away? Business card? No, postage due. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's the only one person would do that. <laughs> I think Drew just drove off the road. Now when I open up the now when I open up the invite, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be a senior portrait, or maybe it would be an action shot of him on the track and field, you know, of him with either the javelin well, or the shot put. Well, he was sitting there, and I assume that was the action shot. <laughs> <laughs> His great point average is higher than ours our two combined. <laughs> you realize that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Did you ever you ever hear the John Urschel joke I, tr- I I told? Okay. Yeah, I have. Yep. You heard it? Yeah. Well, John Urschel gets up. And he's never had a B in his life. And I looked at him. I said, what a coincidence. Neither of Jack and I. <laughs> We're your home for news, sports, weather, and your home for the Phillies. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.